Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. I, anybody who's uh, wanting to learn the, the Word of God or wants to get into reading the Bible, it's a daunting task. There's no doubt about it. The Bible's, you know, it's, that's a lot of reading right there. Now, you know, if, you, if it's like my Bible, that's small print too, you know. That's a lot of Bible. But I always encourage man, if he wants to start reading his Bible, to get into the Gospel of John. If you finish the Gospel of John, go into like the book of Romans maybe. But if you're saying, I'm having trouble, brother, I've tried to read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, I encourage you to do that. And if you're having trouble doing that, the Bible doesn't, you don't have to do that in a year. Just do it. I encourage you to do it. In other words, just have, be disciplined enough, have a plan. Get up, read maybe a chapter a day of wherever you're at. Because you're going to get into Chronicles, and it's going to be a list of nothing but names, and you're going to go crazy. And you're going to think, oh, man, it's, there's a reason. God's Word, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word, by every word, by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So you need to get this Word in you, even those names you don't like. Get that in you. But when you, you're going through there, just take that in small sections. Sister Linda does a real good job. She tells me, I think she breaks, she likes, knocks that out first off, don't you, sister? Like, she, you know, she probably knocks that out, starts probably reading it while she's doing the dishes or something like that, whatever she can do to get through those names. But praise the Lord, she gets through it, she gets through it. But the point is, is uh, there's other parts of the Word of God that, man, it's so good. Oh, it's just so, so good. And if a man only could study one part of the Bible outside of the Gospel of John, it would be the book of Proverbs. And if, you can, if, you're not do, if, you're not, if you're having a hard time reading through your Bible, then take the book of Proverbs and read the book of Proverbs. There's 31 pro, uh, chapters in the book of Proverbs. There's 31 days in a month mostly. You can get, go through, just pick every day, whatever day it is. Today is the 21st. So you would start in Proverbs chapter 21. Just read Proverbs chapter 21 today. And tomorrow be the, 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 tomorrow's date is the 22nd. Read Proverbs chapter 22. I know Joker's done that for years and years. This, this devours the, the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs Proverbs is, is an amazing book of the Bible. Everything a man can know about life. I'm not talking about a saved man. Lost man, boy, woman, girl, anybody, atheist, they can find out about life if they'll just apply what you find here in the book of Proverbs. I mean, this is common sense. Some good, practical common sense you'll find in the book of Proverbs. So we're going to roost here this morning. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, and I'm going to focus on what the Word of God says here in verse 12. There is a way, there is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There is a way, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. It seems right, but the end thereof, the very end, the end, are the ways of the ways of death. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you humbly, Father. You know, I'm just a simple man, Lord God, with simple knowledge, Lord. Any kind of wisdom I have, Lord, I give you the credit for it, Lord. I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord God, leading, guiding, and directing us, Lord God. I pray that Jesus Christ will be glorified and lifted up in every way, Lord God, in the preaching and in the singing, Lord. And I pray, Father, that uh, you'll be with these people, Lord God. I pray you'll open their hearts to the truth, Lord God. I pray you'll build a hedge around that heart, Lord God, that the devil can't come in and Take that word, Lord. We do thank you for your words, Lord God. We thank you for raising up a, the wisdom of Solomon, Lord God. You give to him, Father, that it was written down that we could read this many years later, Lord. And Father, help us to understand our ways, Lord God. Help us to understand these false ways, Lord God, and the, and the way we should go. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So there's a way that seemeth right unto man. There's a way, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. When you're going down a path, be it a road or wherever it is, there's, these ways, they seem right. They seem right. They always are very attractive. When you first start that first on that trail, it seems really good. It's real enticing. There's, there's the bright lights. There's, the, there's the, the beautiful scenery. It always looks very, very pleasant and enticing, but you don't see the end. They don't like to show you the end of a thing. They don't like to show you the end of a thing. And that's where it is. And the, and the Word of God and in, man, and in society itself, you, if you're going down the wrong way, they'll tell you there's signs, warning signs. Wrong way, wrong way. There's nothing to make you feel any more fear than to be down like in Austin and turn and start driving and see cars coming your way and you look up and it says wrong way. You're like, oh, no. And you're trying to do a U-turn and not get yourself killed. Pretty easy to do, isn't it? But people get killed all the time on the roadways. Head-on collision, somebody going the wrong way. They didn't follow the signs. They didn't pay attention to the signs. There's warning sign after warning sign. Here's another one from the Word of God. There's a way, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Out of a million bazillion ways you can go wrong, I'm going to focus on three this morning. These are the three that living here in America... I see this mainly in America. I see this in the society I'm around. But these are the three I want to focus on. Three ways you can go wrong. Three ways that are wrong that can seem right. They seem right. And when you first hear about it, you're like, that's right. That's the way. That's, that's right. That's right. But when you look at the end thereof, it's the, ways, it's the ways of death. The first one I want to show you there is found in Proverbs 27. Look at Proverbs chapter 27. Let's turn to Proverbs 27. Now I'm going to turn... To a lot of scripture this morning. I'm not even going to lie to you. There's a lot. I'm a, but it's all going to be, except for a little bit at the end, it's all going to be right here in Proverbs. So if you can find the book of Proverbs in your Bible and read along with me, you'll see this. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 24, because I want you to read it with me. I, I, I think you should follow along with me if you can, and you'll, you'll get a blessing out of it because you're reading the Word of God. There's always a promised blessing when you're reading the Word of God. You might not get a blessing from hearing from me. You not might be a blessing from the preaching or singing. But if you open up your Bible and read, because that's why we're up here this morning, is for the Word of God, you'll get a blessing. Proverbs 27, 24. There's a way, there's a way that seemeth right unto man. But the ends are of the ways of death. For riches are not forever, and doth the crown endure to every generation. One of the first false ways I want to talk about this morning is the money way. Is the money way. Is if I could find a way, if I could just, Brother Keegan, if I could just find a way to get rich. If I could just find a way to get a million dollars. If I could just find a way to get rich, that would be the way. And the Bible says there in verse 24, for riches are not forever. And the truth is, and you hear country singers sing about it all the time, you can't take it with you. And as rich as you might become and as powerful as you might become and as wealthy and as much, you might amass a bunch of houses, you might amass a bunch of cars. And well, you, I don't know what all you could do. You might be like Bill Gates before you take your last breath. But Bill Gates is going to die just like me and you. He's going to have to face eternity just like me and you. And that's the scary part about it. Look back at chapter 23. Look back at 23. I'm going to show you some verses on, on riches that the Proverbs tells us about. 
Proverbs 23, verse 4. I'm focusing on the Word of God. Keep it on the Word of God. Proverbs 23, verse 4. Let's see some more about it. Labor not, the Bible says straight out, labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. Why are you laboring? Why are you working? To get rich? I work to feed my family. I don't, I don't work to get rich. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. You know where that labor to get rich comes from? Because it's your own ideas. It's your own wisdom. Look at verse 5. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Yeah, you'll say, man, I got $1,000. Ain't it funny how that $1,000 goes whoop? What was it, last Wednesday? Man, you, you, sh- you couldn't even drive in Brownwood, Texas last Wednesday. You know why? Because everybody got their stimulus checks. And you go by those restaurants and people waiting in line, you know, there's two deep waiting in line to get in there. Oh, I got $1,400 from the government, you know. And... <laughs> Give them two weeks and it'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a lottery ticket. If I can just get rich, if I can just get rich, labor not to be rich, wilt thou set thine eyes, verse 5, wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? I can just hit that big jackpot. If I can just hit this, if I can just hit the big one, if I could just, that's why all the casinos are just raking it in. That's why they're doing it. That's why, they, they, that's why all these people make, because there's people who want to be rich. I have a friend that worked in one of those, that, that, the, the, they still had the pull handles before they shut one of those down in Brownwood. They had the pull handle, you know, where they go in there and gamble and everything. He said, man, that guy was bringing in money hand over fist. He said, just one evening, one evening, he said, I had to count the drawers over $35,000 cash. In one evening. Just, just in the afternoon, not like all day long. And that might not even be a good evening. So what, is, what do they do? They come in there and they shut them all down. You know what they're doing now? They put it on their phones. So you play it on your phone, and when you win the money, or whatever you win, then you can go to that, and then they'll pay you that way. That way they can come take those machines, but they can't take everybody's phones away from them. How are they doing that? They're doing it because people want to get rich. And they think the way, the way, the way, the way that seemeth right to them is, if I can only get rich, then I'll be happy. Have you been around some rich people? They're not always the happiest people. Ask anybody in retail, anybody in retail, some of the meanest, hateful, most despicable people are not the poor people. It's the rich people. Those are the ones. (laughs) It's the poor people that come out. I'll be out on the poorest side of town working on the poorest side of town. The poor side of town, working the poor side of town, trying to look over my shoulder, make sure I don't get stabbed in the back. And I look over there like, oh, oh, yeah. And they'll be like, hey, you you need something to drink? Offer me some Gatorade. Be on the richest side of town and be over there going, I'm calling in the city on you. I'm calling, you know. I know them. I know them. You're going to do it my way. One of the richest people in Brownwood cussed me out to my face because I didn't do what he liked. You want to be rich? Go right on ahead. Say, well, I'd like to give it a try, brother. Yeah, I know. We're all that way. I know we're all like that. Look, look at, look at uh, Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. Now, I'll tell you why this is the wrong way. There is a way, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
Look at Proverbs chapter 19, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 4. Here's what the problem is with this way. And now that I'm 50 years old, and I don't say that pri- uh, proudly, I don't say that I'm 50 proudly, I say that I'm 50, so maybe uh, y'all feel sorry for me. But now that I'm 50 years old, and, and uh, I, can, I can say this, the reason why this way of money is wrong is because it makes you think that life is all about riches and money and wealth and amassing things. And now that I'm 50 years old and I can look back on my life after I've lost my mom and my dad, I can say, and I can say with all certainty, and I can say with all truthfully, I can say that life is fellowship and relationships. Life, life is relationships and fellowships with other human beings. That's life. Christ, you notice him, Christ, what did he harp on so much? Forgiveness. Well, what's forgiveness? That's relationships. Loving. Love your neighbor. What's that? That's relationships. Love your enemies. What does that do? That creates a better relationship. Life is about friendships. Life's about relationships. The joys of life are not getting things. Because you know what happens? The joy of life is not getting rich and saying, I've got $1,000 or a million dollars to place down on that. Because you know what happens then? Then you've got to think of another something else to place a million dollars on. And it, it never ends. It never ends. There's nothing that beats the joy of just sitting around a table with a cup of coffee and having fellowship and having a relationship with somebody you love. Nothing. That's life. And the wealthier you get, verse 4, Proverbs 19, 4, and the wealthier you get, wealth maketh many friends. When you get rich, you're going to have a lot of friends, brothers and sisters, a lot of them. (laughs) But here's the problem. They're not true friends. Verse 6. Look at verse 4. Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. <laughs> when you're poor, your neighbor don't even want to have anything to do with you. you know? <laughs> oh, no, he's going to come ask me for some more sugar. He's going to come ask me to, for some gas money. He's going to come. The poor don't want to have enough. But when you're rich, they're like, hey, man, how you doing, Jim? Bob? How you doing? I'm being friendly because I want him to buy me a car. You know? I had a guy at work one time. He kept going on and on. He goes, man, when I win the lottery... When I win the lottery, I'm going to buy everybody in here a new car. He went on like that for a while. I finally got so sick and tired of it. He's, I'm going to buy everybody in here a new car. I said, now listen here, man. I said, you want me to believe you're going to win all that money, you're going to buy me a new car when you won't even buy me a Coke right now? You won't even go buy me a dollar Coke out of a Coke machine, but you're going to make me believe that when you get rich, you're going to buy me a new car. Go kid your mama. Truthfully. If he's the kind of guy that says, hey, I'll go buy you a Coke, or hey, do you want me to go buy you a hamburger? I'll go buy you a meal. That's the guy that would buy you a new car when he got rich. But they're never the ones that get rich. Not always. Now listen to me. There's some people in here that have some some money on them. And I'm not trying to pick on you guys. And some of you are like, I'm not rich. To some of us, you're very rich. Amen? Amen? When I was making $3 an hour, you didn't think when I'm making the money I'm now, if I, you said, when you're, you'll be making so much money and I'll, I'll be filthy rich. Am I filthy rich? No, but some people I am. 
I've got two vehicles. That's rich. Do you know there's some brothers and sisters in Christ, in Christ, in this world, they don't even have a house. They're living under a bridge. And we're saying, I'm not rich. You're so rich. You're so spoiled. You don't even realize you're rich. Verse 6, many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. <laughs> Amen. Amen. When you got money, you're giving all that stuff away. Oh, yeah, you're my best friend. Oh, I love him. He's the best thing ever happened. Verse 7, all the brethren of the poor do hate him. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting to him. When you're poor, nobody loves you anymore. That's the prodigal son. Prodigal son got all his inheritance from his dad. Boy, he lived righteously. He lived any way he wanted to live. Booze, women. Oh, he had all these friends. But when you ran out of money, you know what you do when you run out of money? You run out of friends. And he's out there just slopping hogs all by himself. You know how it's when you get all by yourself? You get time to think. And he says, you know what? Life's not about getting rich. Life's not about drinking. Life's not about whoring around. Life's about my family. I'm going back to my daddy. <laughs> now, I don't know if my daddy's going to like me or not, but I'll go back to my father's house. And the Bible says he got in his right mind and he started walking by and he said, you know what, I'm going to go back and tell my dad, Dad, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to even be your son. Just let me be a servant. <laughs> That was his attitude. And here comes the prodigal son. He's going back to his house. And you know what the daddy? The daddy sees him coming down the road. And the dad runs out to him and hugs him and kisses him and says, My son is lost, is now found. Kill the cat, it fatty calf. It's all about relationships, guys. It's all about relationships and friendships. That's all it's about. You can't trust, when you're rich, that's what rich people will say. You, they don't know who their real friends are. They'll never know. They'll say, are they friendly with me because I'm rich, or are they friends with me because they like me? That's sad, isn't it? See, at least when you're poor. If you're poor and you got friends in here, they're good friends, amen? They know you can't do nothing for them. Look at, look at, look at Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. Just in case you hadn't gotten it yet. Proverbs 13, 7. Just in case you hadn't gotten it yet, I want to make sure to hammer this home. Hammer it home, because in America, it's all about being rich, and it's not. We send our kids off to college. They've got to go to college. Why? So they can get a degree. Why? So they can get rich. But they don't, might not want to go to college. They might not want to be in a classroom. They might, maybe they just want to, maybe they want to just work at a, at a fast food place. Maybe they just want to work. Oh, my God. God forbid. Just let them be happy. Man, sometimes we got this stuff all twisted around. We wonder why everybody's no, not happy. Verse 7, Proverbs 13, 7. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. Amen. Uh, Jesus Christ said it's more, it's, more, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Right? It says that there is, there is that maketh himself rich, yet he hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, maketh Maketh himself, maketh himself poor. He's given away. Yet hath great riches. What does that verse mean, Brother Keegan? Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Proverbs eleven 
4. I'm going to finish here. Proverbs 11, 4. I'm going to finish and move on. Proverbs 11, verse 4. Here's the great doctrinal truth. Here's the great doctrinal truth. You are under the wrath of God doctrinally. Doctrinally is a religious teaching. Truthfully, according to the Word of God, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the wrath of God abideth on you. Now, I didn't say that. I didn't make that up. It's John 3.36. He that believeth on the Son... John 3.36. This should be quoted more than John 3.16, but it's not. John 3.36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. I want to ask you, do you believe on the Son? I do. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So the truth is, no matter how rich you are, or how poor you are, but we're focusing on the rich, because there's a way that seems right, how rich you are, the wrath of God's still on you. You're in trouble. And verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 4 tells you, riches profit not in the day of wrath. It don't, know how, it don't matter how rich you are, you're not going to pay your way out of it. Jesus hammered this, and he hammered it, and he hammered it. He said in, uh, Mark chapter, he said in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, become like Bill Gates? He shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Some of y'all, I hate to say this, there's no telling tell, tell what y'all would do if y'all knew y'all could get a billion dollars. I'd give my left arm, Pastor. I, I, I only need my right arm anyway. To be a billionaire? And Jesus Christ says, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and then lose his own soul? It's about friendships. It's about relationships. Life's not about wealth. It's about the life to come. Eternal life. Eternity. See, when you start focusing on money and riches, you start forgetting that this, this isn't all there is. This little window of 70, 80 years, that's just the proving ground for an eternity. This talk, we're talking about eternal life or eternal damnation. That's what we're focusing on. Let's move on. Look to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. We need to move on. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Let's move on to the next one. The next way that gets, uh, the next wrong way, the next way that is, seems right, this way, this way seems right, but it's wrong, is a way of, I'll go my own way. You'll find it in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkens unto counsel is wise. See, there's a way that man seem, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, and that way is a way of going my own way. I just do it my way. I know the right way. These, all these churches and all these religious people, all, they're all wrong. They're all, nobody knows what they're talking about, but I do. I'm going to go my way. And the Bible says there, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. You'll think you're right, but truthfully, you're wrong. Uh, Frank Sinatra the singer Frank Sinatra, he made famous the song, I did it my way. And he died miserable. He was a miserable man and hateful. Elvis took that song. He took it 
And I think he made a platinum record off it. I'll do it my way. And Elvis died miserable. He died and his friends turned on him, wrote a book about him. He didn't, he'd, and he'd tell people, I don't know who my true friends are. Elvis died miserable. You can do it your own way. And it seems right, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Are the ways of death. Look at 21.2. Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 21.2. Are your fingers getting tired yet? Maybe, maybe you, uh, you had not uh, ripped your Bible up yet, trying to turn so much. Proverbs 21.2. Here's one. I, I quote this all the time to myself. Proverbs 21.2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. We always think we're right. That's the fault of men. We're right and everybody else is wrong. Amen? The reason why I've never made a mistake, I've never known anybody. I never had to apologize for making a mistake because I've never made a mistake. You know, that's what we always say. Why should I ever apologize? I never made one. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. Uh, there we go. <laughs> the Lord knows what's really going on in your heart. Because the reason you're doing it that way is because there's a, something in your heart going on that you want it to be that way. You do it that way because you want it to be that way. You can have a Jehovah's Witness knock on your door and you can open up the Bible and you can say, show them out of the Word of God that there's a hell and that Jesus Christ is God. You can throw your Bible down. You can pick up their New World Translation. You can open up their own Bible and say, there's Jesus right there and He's the Son of God. It shows Jesus as being God. You can show them out of their own Bible that there's a hell and they'll look at you and they'll do this. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. That's not true. That's not true. Because they want to go their own way. Because there's something in their heart that says, I don't want to believe that there's a hell. And they'll do anything they can to believe that there's not a hell. No matter how much evidence you show them. That's the danger of our hearts. The heart's deceitful and, and wick, desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. It'll deceive you. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. It's a dangerous way because you're deciding what's right and wrong. The reason why this way, the my way, is the wrong way and it's so dangerous is because you're deciding what's right and wrong. You not see the danger in that? You decide one day, yeah, that's right, to, that's okay to do that. And then the next day you say, no, that's wrong to do that. And you change. We're wishy-washy. We're men. We have hearts. We change our minds. God, He sets it out. He's, got, he's holy. He knows what's right and wrong. He doesn't change. And His Word doesn't change. This is what, how you know what's right and wrong. Right there. That's how you know it. Look at Proverbs 19. Proverbs chapter 19. Let's go back to 19. I'm going back and forth, back and forth. But I want to make sure to hammer this home. Uh, let me say something that what is right is not always popular and what is popular is not always right. What is right is not always popular. And what is popular is not always right. We need to hear that today. Here's the danger, Proverbs 19, chapter 3. I mean, chapter 19, verse 3. The foolishness of man perverteth his way, and his heart fretteth against the Lord. It perverts your way. What do you mean, brother? What it, what it does is you get to call an evil good and good evil. God says, that's evil. And man, man comes along going his own way and says, meh, that's good. 
So you got Christians, we try to stand on God's side, on God's word. We try to stand on the side of God's word, what's right and wrong. And we say, hey, you know what? God's word says that's evil. And we're standing on God's side. And then the world comes along and says, no, that's good. And you're evil. <laughs> and the Bible warns us in Isaiah, woe in them that call evil good and good evil. And that's what's going on in society today. I was telling my wife this. And this scares me. This might not scare y'all, but this scares me because I'm a cat hater. Amen, amen brother. I got to get amen out of that. I'm a cat hater. I mean, one of the funniest bumper stickers I've ever seen was, it said, cats, God's little speed bumps. I mean, that's one of the funniest bumper stickers I've ever seen. And I was telling my wife last night, I said, you know, there's going to come a day, and I believe this, and I know y'all think I'm joking, but I'm not joking. There's going to come a day they're going to call me a racist. And I'm just not a racist bone in my body because I hate cats. And they're going to say, if you hate cats, it's because you're racist. You, should, you can't hate cats. There's something wrong with you. You're racist. You, you, no, that's what they're going to do. To where a person, a grown man says, I don't like cats. You racist. It's coming. This world is cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. You don't think that's, that's coming. They're trying to marry cats and dogs right now. Y'all know that, right? They try to marry their own cats and dogs. They're trying to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's coming. So you don't think, you, you, you just talk bad about my wife. Well, I didn't even see your wife standing here. Yeah, my wife right down there, that cat, you just talk bad about her. <laughs> You're married to that cat? Yeah. Can I kick her? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't hate cats that much. I just detest them. I just detest them a little bit. So let's move on. Let's move on to the third one before I get voted out of the church. Proverbs 12, 28. Proverbs 12, 28. Yeah, we were living in a crazy, crazy society. But the Bible told us it would happen. You know what, the, you know what God said how he's going to punish Israel? Israel? He said, I'm going to let the women rule over you. I didn't say that, guys. See me women like, you know. That's what God said. I'm going to punish you by letting the women rule over you. Just take that and chew on that. If you're already mad at me about the cats, take that one and chew on that one for a while. Proverbs 12, 28. And the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. Amen. Amen. So here's the false way. You realize, and some people do, they come to realization that they want to get to know God. And they know to get to know God, there's got to be, they got to get right with this God. Whatever way it might be. So they go the false way of religion. And it seems right. Amen? There's a lot of religion that seems right. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. The ends thereof are the ways of death. And it seems right. Because you say, okay, I want to get right with God. I want to, be, I want to get with God. I want... Look at 21, chapter 21, verse 16. I know I'm going to turn and turn and turn it, but I'm giving these to you, man. I want to show them to you. There's a, it's a religious way. And it's a way of trying to find God without Jesus Christ. That's the religious way. The religious way, any false way, is a way you're trying to get to God, and it's not through Jesus Christ. That's a false way. Now, Proverbs 21, 16. The man that wandereth out of the way, the man that wandereth out of the way 
of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Congregation of the dead. Congregation, that sounds like a church congregation, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of churches that are congregations of the dead. Jesus Christ is outside on the other side of that door, and they found another way to God. I remember when I was a young man, back in the day, this is back in the day when people actually believed that Oprah Winfrey was a Christian. Y'all remember those days? Some of y'all young ones don't even know there was a day that way. There was a day when Oprah Winfrey was on TV, and she had some people fooled that she was just a good, godly Christian. And she decided to have a religious uh, Show where she's gonna have some religious people on. And I can't remember exactly who was on there, but I wanted to see them. So, this is back in the day where you had to use a VCR to record something. So, while I was at work, I recorded it on a VHS tape. And I came home from work and I rewound it. I wanted to find out what was going on. And on this tape, uh, she had this uh, the, the religious people, it was boring, of course, but she was on there, and this is what she said on there She said, There's many ways to God. There's many ways to God. And I'll never forget that. Because I was like, what? She's, not, she's lost as a goose. There's not many ways to God. And there was this poor, one lonely lady way up in the crowd that said, nope, Jesus Christ is the only way. Amen. And they went to break. And they argued through the break. They didn't show that. And they came back, and there's Oprah Winfrey saying, this lady up here, has, she's arguing that, that what did you say, ma'am? And she says, Jesus Christ is the only way. No, I just can't believe that. There's got to be many ways. There's got to be many ways to God. And then all the rest of them crazy women up there were like, oh, 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 oh Oprah, Oprah. And there's that poor lady standing there like this by herself, you know. Praise God for that lady. Given the truth, everybody over there, oh, Oprah, Oprah, oh, yeah, there's got to be many ways. That seems right, don't it? Yeah. What about the Buddhist? What about the Muslim? Oh, they're all trying to get to God. Yeah, they're trying, and they're going straight to hell. They're going straight to hell. I don't, I don't take pleasure in saying that. I don't take pleasure in saying that. What I'm telling you is what Jesus Christ said. There's a reason why Jesus Christ is so special. You can't take Jesus Christ and put him on the same shelf with Muhammad and Buddha. You can't do it. They're not the same. They're not the same. They're not. Amen, they're not. And if you don't know why, I'm about to tell you. In Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10. And you don't have to turn there. Don't turn. I had you turning way too much already this morning. In Romans chapter 10, Paul says, at the beginning of Romans chapter 10, he says, they're, they're, trying to go, they're ignoring God's righteousness, going about, going about to establish their own righteousness, have forgotten the righteousness of God. And that righteousness of God is found in Jesus Christ, according to Romans chapter 10. So they're zealous. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, they, they love God and they want to get to know God, but they're trying to go about establishing their own righteousness. In other words, they know that you have to, the way is righteousness, right? They know that. They found that out. Maybe they read Proverbs chapter 21. They say, oh man, I need to be righteous. That's the way. But I'm going to be righteous my own way. By works. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to go to church. I got to... I gotta, Go to a priest. I gotta 
feed the poor. I got to uh, flog myself. I, they, got, they, got, they start coming up with all these different religious systems of trying to find their way to God. And it's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It doesn't work. Christianity teaches there's only one way, and that's Christ. Turn to, now turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And I'm going to close. Matthew chapter 7. Now I know I'm strong on this stuff uh, and I'm pretty bold about it, but I just, I'm very passionate about Jesus Christ. I don't like Jesus Christ to be shorthanded. I don't like, it drives me, I mean, I almost go include when I watch TV or something, they start saying, you know, there were many great prophets in the world, Muhammad and Buddha and Jesus, and I'm like, whoa! You don't put them on the, in the same sentence. You can't. They don't even put themselves in the same sentence. You understand that, right? I mean, Jesus Christ is either one of three things. He's either a liar, he was telling you lies, or two, he was a lunatic. He believed his own lies. Or three, the Lord. Amen. The truth. Because see here he says here in verse 13, Matthew chapter 7 verse 13. This is what Jesus Christ says. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. See, that's that ways we've been talking about all morning long. See, there's lots of ways you can go in. Lots of ways you're trying to get in. But Christ says in verse 14, but cause, look, because straight is the gate. And let me stop there. If you're not straight, you're crooked. If you're not straight, you're crooked. If you're not straight, you're crooked. And I'm not a homosexual. I'm straight. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Which leads unto life and few there be that find it. Narrow is the way. If your Bible says difficult, you got the wrong Bible. And I'm not trying to pick on you. That's two different words. That's, that's two different meanings. Difficult, difficult, is difficult. That means it's like a climb. It's, it's, it's difficult. Narrow is, man, that's just, a, that's just a narrow way. It's like just enough for one man to get in there. It's just, it's just a door. Just one door. And if you know the rest of Scripture, you know why Jesus Christ said, narrow is the way. Because Jesus Christ said, I am the door. You mean there's only one door? Jesus Christ famously said in John chapter 14, verse 7, He said, I am the way. Not a way. I am the way. The. I am the way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way. Later on in John chapter 10, he says, I am the door. Any man that comes in through me shall 
be saved. I am the door. So what you have going on with people is they hear about Jesus Christ and they hear about Jesus Christ and the teachings of Jesus Christ and he's this and he's that and he's a great teacher and they come up to Jesus Christ and they said, uh, Jesus, I heard you uh, know the way. Will you show me the way? And they say, is that way, like, do I need to go climb this mountain? Do I need to go to the church and get them to baptize me? Do I need to go uh, feed the poor? Do, what, 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 what do I need to do, Jesus Christ? And Jesus Christ looks them in the eye and says, I am the way. The way is me. Well, what do I need to do? You don't, you don't understand. I am the way. Yeah, but, but I want eternal life. I am the life. But I just want to know the truth. I'm the truth. But Lord, I, I know I'm going to die. I don't want to lay in the grave. I, I want to come back up. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the resurrection. Show me how to be resurrected. Martha, I am the resurrection. It's Jesus Christ. It's nothing you're going to do. You're going to go to Him and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. And what makes Him different than Muhammad and Buddha and His teachings and Confucius and you just put them all on a shelf, what makes Him different was is that He said that and it's very egotistical. Right? You got to be insane. There's only one way to God, that's by me. <laughs> that's what he said. It's by me. There's only one way to God, and that's by me. The way you prove it is you go to the cross and you die. Well, that doesn't prove nothing, Pastor. It really doesn't. But we know according to Scripture that when He was dying, that blood and that sacrifice was paying for mine and your sins. But that's not enough. That won't do it. Muhammad died. Buddha died. But that won't do it, guys. If a man's going to say, I'm the life. I'm the resurrection. You know what that man better do? That man better come up out of that grave. <laughs> he better come up out of that grave. He better show me that he is the life. He better show me that he is a resurrection. So when that man 2,000 years later says in the book, says, I am the resurrection, I can say the testimony is true. The evidence is true. He resurrected. That's the way. That's the way. It don't seem right. Some Jew that lived 2,000 years ago, that's what you're putting your faith in? You bet your bottom dollar. And the world will say, you need to get rich. You need to, get, you need to find your own way. Oh, there's many ways to God. I give you three different ways that seems right. They seem right. I'm not saying they don't seem right. But when you get to the end of them, they're the ways of death. And what I'm giving you at the end here with Jesus Christ is the way of life.
Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Can you say if you died tonight, you would go to heaven? I can say that. The Bible says you can know for sure. Well, we're about to give you an invitation, and you'll get an opportunity. If you don't know for sure, or if you want to come on down here and get saved, that's what this invitation is about. If you believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you believe He died on the cross for your sins. That's pretty simple. Say, I'm a sinner. I know I need to have my sins cleansed. You believe that he was buried and he rose on the third day. Why is it so important to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? So when you pray and ask him to save you, you know that he's listening to you. We're not praying to a dead philosopher. We're praying to a God that's listening to everything I'm saying right now. And if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ, he's not standing behind me. He's standing behind you if you don't know Jesus Christ because he's like that father, the prodigal son's father. He's waiting to run over and hug you and to kiss you. He said, well, I've lived in the world. I don't even know what love is. You don't know what love is until you found the father's love. Boy, it's a relationship and a fellowship that's just too sweet to describe. The Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, Father, to somebody Underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, I pray, Father, that they would get right with you and get saved. And Lord, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that's been trying to go their own way, Lord, maybe trying to go a church's way or a religious way or, or, or some way that their grandmother or granddad showed them, Lord, or some, just some way that they think is right, Lord, God, I pray, Father, you reveal to them the truth that Jesus is the way. And they must come to Jesus Christ and believe on him if they want to get that wrath of God off of them. And Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that it's so simple that a five-year-old could do it or a hundred-year-old could do it. Lord, if somebody's laying on their deathbed right now, Lord God, they could pray and ask Jesus Christ to save them and they could get saved. Lord, thank you for making it that way, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for these people, Lord God, that love you and they were willing to turn in your Bible, Lord, page after page after page because they're searching, Lord God. And I pray you bless them for that, Lord. And I pray, Father, you open up the scriptures to them. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. All right, brother, let's have an invitation. This is an opportunity. If, if you want to make a decision for the Lord, come on down and we'll get right. What song are we going to sing, brother? Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the Internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight... Do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. 
But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him